0: Mm -hmm. So I'm down in Florida in this little town and I'm getting to this situation where money is getting tighter and tighter and tighter. I only have one credit card, which is kind of my saving grace because (laughs) I thought you could only have one credit card at that time. And that that was really, really good because otherwise I would probably attend. But anyway, so my credit card is nearly maxed out. And yes, I need to go pick up some friends from the airport. We were going to, you know, hang out and all this stuff. My rent was due that day. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking my paycheck that I just got from my job. I needed to go deposit the bank so I can get it to pay rent because it's, they, they charge you like $50 extra if you're one day late, all this stuff. So all this stuff's running through my head. And then my car breaks down.
1: podcasts focus on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, Elle Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. I hope you are doing well, are safe, and are healthy. We're just starting the month of June, and I think Jason V. Tug pointed out on Twitter, this is indeed the longest, shortest year ever. I started this mini series after the pandemic created a hard stop on so many different things. And now, some states are starting to open up, but many couples in our communities are still dealing with the financial fallout. Depending on where we were on our financial journey when it hit, Our experiences can be tremendously different. With the miniseries, I wanted to address a few of these different scenarios. The first episode was geared for those who have had their income drop due to having fewer hours or loss of a job. The second episode was for those of us who are treading water, so to speak. They still have their jobs, but they don't have a safety net if anything changed. And then this episode, we're going to talk about what you can do if you were further ahead in your finances. How can you use this experience and and turn it into something positive? How can you pivot your finances? And bigger picture, how can we use these lessons learned not just to help us, but be in a position to help others too? Certified Educator in Personal Finance, Bob Lodick, is on today to share what habits he and his wife, Linda, changed on his and eventually their financial journey together towards becoming debt-free. Joe Mecca from Coastal is back on to share some key takeaways on shifting our finances and coming up with a plan during these volatile times. In this episode, we're going to get into crucial steps that you can take to shift your habits and your money. We'll dive in in how to get your spouse on board, and then lessons we can take from this crisis to use to be better prepared for ourselves and help others. Let's get started.
0: Prior to this, like, uh, and I I don't remember the exact stat, but it's something like 80-85% of Americans, if you ask them. are you good at with money 80 85% of them say yes i'm good with money you know but if you look at the evidence uh, mm-hmm. it's definitely not the case so a lot of us tend to think and believe that we are better with our money than we actually are and we don't mm-hmm. know what we don't know so as a young 20 something a little bit too cocky arrogant whatever conceited like i thought i was good at managing money mm-hmm. um, i had you know already worked at a bank like of course i know how to handle money like i know what i'm doing and But the evidence began to arise Mm -hmm. as I wasn't able to, you know, pay bills on time and getting calls from bills collectors or whatever. It's like, all right, maybe I don't know exactly what I need.
1: That day that you heard Bob talk about at the beginning with his car broken down, that was a turning point for him.
0: So anyway, I ended up like trying to push the car by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, doing the holding the steering wheel and pushing it all, all the way over the side of the road, get it over the side of the road. I get in, close the door, put my hands in my head. And I'm, I'm just like, I have no idea what to do. You know, and I started praying. and I'm like, God, what do I do? How do I get out of this situation? Because I didn't know, like, I had no more money left in my checking. I didn't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to fix this car, let alone go pick up my friends, whatever. You know, not even thinking about the next couple of months. Uh, But that was the moment where I realized, all right, God, I don't know everything I thought. The Bible actually has a whole lot of practical wisdom for today about money. So that's been my fascination. Like, how do we pull some of that out? Some of these timeless truths Mm -hmm. that we can use to impact our financial life, you know? So anyway, that was kind of how I got to that and when everything kind of changed for me.
1: I could totally relate to what Bob was saying. In particular, when you reach that point, where you realize that how you're handling your finances isn't working as well as you think. And what I'm seeing in the thriving Facebook group or with the emails that you guys have been sending in, some of you are hitting this point as well. When things were fine, you had an income coming in, it wasn't great, but you were able to pay your bills, have some money for some fun, and maybe save a bit. But having hours cut or reduced, or even the sheer fact that we have to stay at home and certain things have changed, it's given you some space to look at your finances and say, hey, it's not really moving the direction I want. It's not moving as fast as I want. So now we're kind of in this opportunity that's been pushed upon us to reevaluate and maybe start making some changes and adjustments. So when things get back to sort of normal, we're in a better position financially. But of course, having good intentions is just the first step. The next step is coming up with a plan. And one of the best ways to do that is to tap into the different resources that you have available around you.
0: I know Mm -hmm. what I immediately did was set out to learn, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I began reading at the time, it was a whole bunch of magazines. I would get Kiplinger's, the Smart Money magazine, just start reading all that. I found as many books as I could about money, just... And as I began to read, it's like, wow, I really didn't know what I didn't know. And um, and that immediately began bringing up some more practical things that I needed to do. So, you know, one of them just being, all right, debt isn't helping my cause. Like having this credit card full of, you know, thankfully again, it was only one, but having that balance, you know, basically maxed Mm -hmm. out is not helping my cause. Like I'm paying all these interest charges and all that's going on. So if I can get rid of that, that's going to be a big step forward. And then, you know, this car loan, what if I could get this car paid off and have an extra, whatever, $250 a month to spend on whatever I want. Uh, And so just beginning to understand how much being out of debt would help was kind of my, you know, first thing that I needed to do.
1: What I appreciate about Bob's approach is that he put into practice, he Took in a lot of information, but then he started to make the changes. And since debt was an immediate concern, that's what he focused in on. And the great thing about today is that there is a wealth of free resources around finances. And I know right now many, many libraries are still closed for visitation and checking out the physical books but a lot of library systems do have ebooks so if there's something that you want to read but money is a concern you can grab a whole bunch of them and check them out digitally and then of course there are websites podcasts youtube channels that are dedicated in the space let's take this topic of marriage and money when i started couple money at that time there weren't many resources out there there were some general financial sites but there wasn't any that I could find that talked about those conversations about syncing up your money and your goals. Today, there's so many in the space. But two I want to mention because I know them is his or her money with Ty and Talat McNeely. And then Andy Hill has marriage, kids, and money. And here's the thing. None of us see each other as competition. We support one another's projects, share our podcasts. And Andy and myself, along with Andrew, who's in the family space, we're all running Thriving Families group on Facebook together. So take advantage of that, that you have these different voices and spaces. You're going to have some that maybe you align with more easily. But just getting these different perspectives can be really helpful. You can then try the different approaches that you see and then hopefully start seeing those wins like Bob did when he was paying down his debt.
0: Yeah, one of the things I talk about a lot is, um, you know, this whole idea that expenses rise to meet our income. And so if you get that big raise, before you know it, it's gone. And like <laughs> the, the expenses just always naturally just percolate up to wherever your income is. And so the thing that I'm always trying to um help our people do is try to widen that gap as much as you can yeah. try to keep your expenses locked down while keeping your income going up and just creating a wider gap. And then you have a lot that you can do with that. And so for me, that was one of the things that, uh, I had this revelation that, you know, as I am paying things, paying bills and mm-hmm. we're upside down, like we're going backwards. So not only are we just staying the same and not making financial progress, but we're literally going backwards. And that was a huge motivator for me to want to break out of that cycle. And how do we get to the point where we actually have a little bit of a gap there where we are earning spending just a little Mm -hmm. bit less than we're earning. Um, Because just seeing that just a tiny little thread of a gap there, at least we're moving forward, something is building. But Mm -hmm. that feeling of going backwards, because (laughs) I don't have enough to actually pay my bills. uh, It's yeah, it's really, really rough. And it's, Yeah, it's just no fun at all. And that was something that for me when I was in that phase was a big motivator to get out of that as soon as possible.
1: And here's where it gets interesting. While he was going through his debt-free journey, Bob married Linda. And being married, you know, it's not always easy to sync up with your goals, much less your finances. But before you dive into the numbers, one of the best things you can do is have that conversation and see what your spouse's goals are.
0: And so Linda, my awesome, wonderful, better half, uh, she is, she, I was a couple years ahead of her on this whole journey. And she was, you know, had a good amount of debt when we got married and I had already paid off a good amount. I still had a little bit left, but I was working towards it. So she brought some in she had to make a massive lifestyle change. I mean, she went from spending about 120% of her income to down to probably 10% of her, of her income, of her paycheck anyway. Mm-hmm. So it was just a massive change for her. And, um, and for me as a husband who, you know, desired to give her the lifestyle mm-hmm. that I wanted her to have, um, it was painful for me. Honestly, that was mm-hmm. like one of the hardest things I think was saying, hey, let's get married. And I know we want to go on vacation and we want to do all this fun stuff, but instead, like, let's just not spend any money and like fast every other meal and, you know, go to the gas station with like a four, four dollars and put that in the tank and all that stuff because we wanted to get out of debt.
1: And to make that huge change or be willing to at least try out that huge change meant that Bob had to get Linda on board. So I asked him, what was the secret to doing that?
0: It started with a pretty thorough sales pitch on my end. (laughs) Where, where, you know, really I'm painting a picture of where we can be, but Mm -hmm. in order to get there, like, we got to go through this, we got to go through this valley in order to get there. Um, and she understood, uh, she got that, but I think for us, the thing that really lit a fire in her was we had always, even when we were dating for some reason, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just something that was, had always been in our heart. Like we wanted to be really generous. It was just, Mm -hmm. uh yeah, just a burning desire in our hearts. And we didn't have, you know, two nickels to rub together at the time. And so it was really painful whenever something would come up that we want to give to or an Mm -hmm. organization or this charity or whatever that we want to support. It's like, all right, I think we can pull together like five bucks or something. And and we just wanted to be doing a hundred thousand times more than that, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was challenging for us. And once she began to see that, By having this debt paid off, that's going to free up a lot more money to allow us to do that. And that really, it began to click for her a little bit more at that point. Because, you know, we both desired to be a little more comfortable with our lifestyle, to be able to travel once in a while and whatever, to be able to go out to dinner and go to the movies and stuff like that. But that was the thing that really got her kind of lit on fire for it. And so my suggestion would be, and we talk about this a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, is that, If you're trying to talk to that spouse and convince them is find out what they want. Find out what their real motivators are in life. What are the things that they're really excited about? Paying off our debt, building a solid budget. Like this is the way that we're going to get there and we're going to reach those goals.
1: So if you haven't already, please talk to your spouse and find out what is their main motivator and drive, because when you get them excited about the goal, about why you're doing it, then it's easier to work together on your plan on the how. But I also want to point out that Linda and Bob did reach their goal in terms of after becoming debt-free, one of their main focuses with their finances has been being better, more generous givers. And I'm going to include two of the links that I saw on their page that I think you would love to see from their site, is that they're challenging themselves to give based on their age. So... Currently, they're giving about 37% of their income. And for them, they say this has been a game changer. And part of this is because their finances are more closely aligned to what matters most to them. And now, since many of us are still staying at home more, we have a little extra time to have a reflection, to have those conversations. What really motivates us I think if you can call it a benefit of this pandemic and the financial fallout from it, it's that it has brought to the forefront that material things aren't the goal. You know, we don't need more stuff. How do you want to spend your time? How do you want to spend your money? Having those conversations can give you some clarity and then you can start creating a plan that reflects what matters most to you
0: like one of the things that has been helpful over the years is just continuing to, um, continuing to talk. And Mm -hmm. like, I've had to make some sacrifices. So in terms of, because this was initially my idea and I was the one originally pushing for it, like there were a good amount of sacrifices that I felt like I needed to make where it's like, this is not exactly how I would do it, but I need your buy-in. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to sacrifice on this. So it's like, there's too much or more money than I would put in the budget for whatever, hair and makeup yeah. or whatever the thing may be. But I need you to be excited about this and interested in it. And so those are some of the sacrifices that need to be made there.
1: I hope hearing about Bob and Linda's journey towards becoming debt-free is an encouragement during these really tough times. But of course, when we're looking at our day-to-day, there's some practical things that we have to do with our finances. So I chatted with Joe Mecca from Coastal Credit Union the other week, and we got into six key things that you can do with your finances now. Some of these steps are going to be taking a step back and assessing the whole situation and coming up with a strategy for the future. And then a few are going to be what are the things you need to move with your finances so that it's working harder for you. How can Couples talk and work on their finances, so they're able to come out of this stronger. They can ride this out and have their finances in a better position.
2: So I think I think my first three things that I'll say about it mm-hmm. aren't necessarily financial, but you can apply them to your financial situation. Oh, okay. Um, and so the first ones don't ignore it. You know, we just came through a, a scary, stressful, emotional time. Um, mm-hmm a lot of people's financial vulnerabilities were quickly exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, don't ignore that. Take the time to evaluate what happened, how it affected you directly. Uh, what was the cause of that? Why did it happen? But do that while it's still fresh. You mm-hmm. know, it's uncomfortable when it's still fresh, but do it while it's still fresh because you've got the most information available to you. Mm-hmm. You know, when you work on a project and something doesn't go right, you know, you just, you got to go back there the next day and say, okay, well, what happened? Yeah. What happened? Why did it happen? What can we do to make that better? The exact same truth is going to be with your finances. Um, you know, that's not necessarily financial advice, but mm-hmm. apply it to your situation. Is you know, we were we were exposed to where our weaknesses are. Yeah, um, and and what can we learn from that? And what can we learn from that right now? So the second one is get rid of any thought you have about that can't happen to me. Because <laughs> it did. It yeah. happened. It, it happened, happened to everybody. all of us. Yeah. You know, chances are it did. Now, now you didn't die. You didn't get sick. You didn't lose your job. You came through it okay, but you were still negatively affected in some way. You couldn't mm-hmm. do the thing you wanted to do. You couldn't visit friends and family. You, you know, Something happened to you that you're going to have to learn from um, and prepare for it to happen the next time. Because um, something will happen in the future, and it will require you to have learned something now and apply mm-hmm. to that. It is an eye can, It can and Mm -hmm. will happen to you. And, you know, this was unique in that it happened to everybody at the same time in Mm -hmm. a different way, but it Mm -hmm. happened to everybody at the same time. When things pop up in the future you know, it's, it's maybe still, still something you haven't anticipated. Um, but things will happen. They will affect you. So, so, you know, forget the fact that, it, or forget the thought that it can't happen to you. It's going to happen to you. Um, the third thing, and, and this is a positive is focus, mm-hmm. focus on the positives. You got through this Yeah, you, know, you got through this. What were the bright spots? How do you build on that? What worked for you really well that, you know, thinking ahead into the future, like, okay, yeah, I can, I can build on that, whether it's, you know, personal, financial, you know, you know, for me it was, I had to be resourceful, but well, you know what, I've gotten used to using cloth napkins and yeah. <laughs> um, you know, shop rags have replaced paper towels. I've been doing a lot more laundry because of it, but you know, I was able to able to adapt on the fly. And so for me, it's okay. Well, I need to know that you need to stock up on some of that stuff in the future, but also you need to know how, how you adapt in situations. And, and yeah. so, you know, yeah, I'm talking about it in terms of stocking up on things, but mm-hmm. people can do that financially as well. You know, you learn that, oh, well, wait a minute. Suddenly, I didn't have as many expenses as I, I normally would. Mm-hmm. Was yeah. I able to repurpose some of you know, my income into planning for the future or saving or, um, you know, getting myself into a better financial situation later on? And then how do I just keep repeating that behavior going forward? Um, now there are some things that Mm -hmm. people can do financially in the situation. Um, you know, one is redo your budget. Has your income changed? A lot of people are affected one or two members Mm -hmm. of their household. Um, you know, maybe experienced some unemployment during this time. Maybe they were, they've gone back to work, but now they're, they've got a different income level. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so, so how does that now account into your monthly budget? How are you going to do that? Um, look back on your experience and find out, okay, well, which expenses that you had quickly became, which of those quickly became liabilities mm-hmm. and, and what were problem spots during the situation that you might want to rethink later on? Like, well, you know, maybe that's a bill that I shouldn't have in the future because it became a problem pretty quickly yeah. once, once everything got a little crazy. And then, you know, what were you able to get relief on this time? Mm-hmm. that you might not be able to next time. So, you know, and, and for the COVID-19 situation, a lot of lenders were deferring loans and, and forgiving mm-hmm. certain things. Um, you had landlords that were pushing rent payments out. People would be flexible on a lot of things, utilities were. And a lot of that is because it affected everybody. Yeah. Your next emergency is probably, in fact, I would bet money, and you remember, I don't gamble. I would bet money ah. your next emergency is going to be your emergency. It's not going mm-hmm. to be a, a local or national emergency, or in this case, it's yeah. a global pandemic. It's going to be your emergency. And there are mm-hmm. things that you probably got assistance with this time that mm-hmm. might not be there for you next time. So um, think about those things and how you plan mm-hmm. for, you know, how do you get through the situation in the future without that flexibility?
1: That's a good point.
2: Um, the way we do that is get our emergency funds in place.
1: Um, I knew you would sneak that in there. I've always been sneaking an emergency,
2: <laughs> but uh, and it, so if you remember the last the last episode, we talked and we said, you know, we've always traditionally talked about being able to cover a four hundred dollar expense and mm-hmm. then working your way up to a thousand, and then thinking about saving up for three to six months living mm-hmm. expenses. And we quickly found out that yeah, that four hundred dollars, that thousand dollars, isn't enough for most people. Uh, no. Most people needed to quickly find three to six months living expenses yeah. um so that's going to be your goal you know work towards saving up a little bit and and repeat that over time so you can't get yourself into a situation where if a situation happens and you need to find a way to survive for three months off of what you already have you have it. so mm. um you know our emergency fund becomes a very a very high priority coming coming out of this on the back end Definitely. And then I think the last thing I would say from a financial situation is take a look at your discretionary spending. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe earmark a little bit more of it to spend at local businesses, local restaurants, give to local charities. You know. mm-hmm. The people who got our community through this, give them our support. The people who that we know were quickly negatively affected mm-hmm. are our local businesses. So, you know, I'm not saying spend more money coming out of this. I'm saying spend more locally.
1: Saying. Yeah. And, and, and spend
2: more thoughtfully too. Spend, and that's what yeah. it comes down to is spending thoughtfully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's on the discretionary side. I'm not saying mm-hmm. put aside paying down your bill or paying down your loans or, or saving mm-hmm. up for the future to spend, spend, spend and stimulate the economy. I'm saying of the money that, you know, you've got a budget, mm-hmm. you've got a spending plan, you've given yourself permission to spend some of your money, do it a little more thoughtfully and and focus on local stuff
1: yeah because i think at least for us we saw that there were ways that we were spending and maybe like we didn't get the joy out of it um i mean we're pretty good if you look at the food budget not eating out as much but still it was we realized you know what we don't need to eat out this much or we weren't you know, those lunches out weren't as enjoyable for what we were spending and getting out of that. And then just saying, like, do I want to keep it at this level or maybe redirect it? Like we've discovered two new, ho- well, rediscovered two new hobbies. Uh, we, home brewing. I got a batch uh, right now um, nice. that should be ready by Friday and we're going to start a new one. And then also stargazing. Like we got a telescope with the girls That's kind of been like our go-to when there's clear skies. These are at-home hobbies that we can do that are fairly affordable, you know? So for, you know, families that they are looking at a necessity, they were cutting expenses. They may have discovered like, wait a minute, there's there's fun ways we can hang out or as a couple, like ways we could enjoy time together without having to go out and spend X amount of money.
2: That's true. That's absolutely true.
1: I kind of want to talk to you also about goals, like mm-hmm. setting up those goals and and you had some really good steps about that. Are there any like tips and personal experience like do you guys come up with your goals? Do you talk about money monthly or quarterly or kind of as needed
2: i'm I'm a big fan of monthly, yeah too, too much more frequently than that. And it just becomes stressful. You, you know, you don't weigh yourself every couple hours. If, you, if you're, if you're trying to lose weight, you just, <laughs> you know, you do it periodically and see what yeah. kind of progress you're making. So, um, I think once you've, once you've laid out a plan for what you're mm-hmm. trying to do, um, revisit all that monthly, you you'll, you'll see your progress. You'll be able to kind of assess what's working, what's not working. You know, most bills that you experience are monthly or quarterly. So I like, I like doing a monthly check-in, um, you know, seeing what's progressing, what's not. Yeah. First of the month for me is spreadsheet day. I'm so last surprised. Month, last month was <laughs> frightening. Um,
1: well, yeah, but, everyone but surprises them. Yeah.
2: But mm-hmm. you have to think about what, you know, what you're trying to do and what you're trying to accomplish and, and, you know, are you on track? Are you off track? What kind of adjustments do you need to make? Um, actually, I had a, a small emergency recently and you know, didn't need to tap the emergency fund for it because I had some extra money in a travel fund that I'm not using. So I, I, figured, I, figured, I figured it was okay to take it out of the travel budget uh, in the short term and then just replenish that later on. But that's, that's an adjustment that you make along the way. I think for the most part, a monthly check-in is, is the way to go. Um, yeah, you know, always take a look at, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying mm-hmm. to accomplish you know, this year over the next several years? And then, and then your long-term, mm-hmm. you know, what is mm-hmm. your long-term goal early on? That was difficult Yeah. because you'd want to be like, well, I'm not making any progress here. Yeah. You know, but you have to get into that routine of, okay, well, I'm just gonna, you know, just keep at it, keep at it and, and, you know, make my little adjustments as I go, but just keep at it. And, you know, most of your goals are going to be shorter term than that. But Mm -hmm. you still have to, you know, you still have to come up with a way to get there. And if you think like, oh, if I want to buy a car in the next three years, okay, well, what does that look like? Do I want a down payment? Do I want to pay for it in full? And then, okay, well, here's what I think it's going to cost. How do I divide that up? And then make those regular contributions to whatever account you're putting that money into. Yeah. And yeah you know, 're not going to see it one or two times yeah you, know, you got to wait to okay well i'm going to check in the first month check in the second month, and you start to see progress towards that thing you realize okay well this is this is something i 'm doing and, and it's working, and i 'm going to get there or here 's why I fell short here 's yeah. why I fell short yeah, you can look back on a couple of weeks and mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to wait six months and go, well, what did I do? You know, what did I do four months ago that, that got me off track? Yeah. yeah that's, that's just, it's never going to work, but it's easy to take a, you know, to take a look back three weeks ago and figure out, Oh, here's something that I did. And that's why I you know, took money out of this account that I probably shouldn't have or to look ahead a few weeks and say, here's what I need to do over the next couple of weeks. So, so for me, a monthly check-in is good.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Part of it is, while I would say you know, about 80, 85% of our budget is probably going to be consistent month to month, there are things that come up. I know we're not traveling now, but, you know, usually during the summer months, you're going to do more travel or, you know, you might have, if you have kids, school supplies, like there's a, a rhythm in the season. So your finances naturally should reflect that. And it's good, you know, monthly basis. If something is off, you can adjust it as something's going well. Hey, let's continue doing that. You hit the nail with consistency. Like that is a key part of with your finances. You don't have to put 500 down this month and then nothing down the next month. You're not going to make the progress you want. But if you can say we're cutting our spending by 100 a month, but now we've automated that. Automated that money to either go to savings or investments, whatever the goal is. Then you're going to see the progress, you know, piece by piece rather than, oh, I'm hoping that, you know, I'm going to do really well this month, but you don't have a plan for the next month.
2: So you can put the processes in place to automate that. And then when you develop a routine, it just becomes a habit.
1: Absolutely. So I don't call this like crisis a good thing, but some good can come out of it. When we decide maybe, you know what, let's change for the better our financial habits so that an emergency comes or something else comes up, we can at least ride it out better or at least minimize the effects and the stress that can come out from it. Special thanks to Joe and Bob for being a part of this episode. If you want to learn more about Bob and his journey with Linda to becoming debt-free, please visit SeedTime.com. And if you're in the Triangle area of North Carolina and you're looking for a better banking option, Coastal is fantastic. They're not just sponsors of this podcast. We've been members with them for years and have received great service and competitive rates with our accounts please head over to bankbetter.org to find out more. I'll have links to both in the show notes over at couplemoney.com, as well as resources to help you to create a budget and a plan that fits what's going on now and your goals. So we've wrapped up our mini series for now. And while I'm taking a small break on this podcast to take care of interviews and prepare episodes, I'm still gonna be around You can check me out on social media or at the website, Couple Money. Please reach out to me. Let me know what questions you have about finances. I want this podcast to be as helpful as possible so you too can move your money towards who and what matters most to you. In the meantime, we do have a sister podcast, Simplify and Enjoy. It's geared towards parents who want more options and less stress with their finances, who are trying to balance enjoying now with the kids, as well as to be financially prepared for the future. So if you haven't already, please listen, subscribe. We're on iTunes and other podcast apps like CastBox and Stitcher. Our theme song was written and performed by Gentle Regime. Additional music today was by Lee Rosevere and from artist at Audio. Finally, and most importantly, thank you so much for listening and for being a part of the community. Please stay safe. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care.